friends. Welcome back to the Waiting For podcast with Samantha and Chris. For today's episode, I wanted to spend some time with you and tell you more about myself and how I got to my highest weight of 332.4 pounds back in July. So uh, let's get started. Growing up, it was myself, my sister, who's seven years older than I am, and my mom and my dad. And growing up, it was a very toxic environment, a very unhealthy and stressful environment to grow up in. Um, I had parents that had depression that did not know how to communicate with one another that would always bicker and argue and fight and, um, you know, would try to drag my sister and I into the argument. And so I learned at a very young age how to please my parents so that way I didn't get in trouble. And the earliest memory that I have of that is I was four years old and my dad took my sister and I to a Dan Fogelberg uh, concert. And afterwards, we uh, got some dinner before we headed home. And as soon as we got home, my mom was so upset because my dad had taken my sister and I to eat something because she had fixed dinner. And so to please my mom, I told her, like, Mom, I'm still hungry. Like, I can eat something. Like, that's perfectly fine. Like, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still hungry. And that is when I think I started to learn unhealthy behaviors when it came to food. I grew up in an environment where it was a lot of fin for yourself nights. Uh, my mom and my dad kind of rotated as far as who would have a second part-time job at nighttime. And so my sister being seven years older than I am, she really like helped, uh, helped oversee me and help get food fixed for me. And so uh, growing up, it was a lot of hot dogs, <laughs> macaroni and cheese, um, the good old fashioned toast with some butter and some cinnamon sugar and regular sugar mixed together. I know some of you out there probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, we would always have, my mom would make sliced banana in milk and sugar. That was sometimes breakfast. Um, so there wasn't really any education as far as what is a nutritious meal? What does a nutritious meal look like? Um, fruits, vegetables, protein, etc. We really didn't have that model uh, growing up in the household. We're a little bit into getting into school. I grew up in a very small town, a little bit north of Springfield in Sherman and Williamsville. And I basically went through kindergarten through senior year of high school with the same people. And we knew each other. Everyone knew each other. And growing up, I was the biggest one in the class. And I was one of the first that developed. And it was just kind of weird and uncomfortable because I would always want to go shopping with my friends at limited to back in the day. And I couldn't because nothing would fit me. I would always have to be like an extra large or I think it only went up to a large at that point and I was an extra large, but I could never find something that would fit me uh, when it came to the clothes that were the popular clothes, if you will. Like I got attention from the boys because of what was going on uh, development wise on my body versus actually being interested in me. I grew up in a time where society idolized Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all of those pop stars that were super stick thin and did not have any curves whatsoever. So for me, somebody that grew up having curves, having a butt, having breasts, it was pretty much like, hey, this is not what you should be looking like. You should have like zero body fat. <laughs> you should be uh, not eating and you should have a tan body with bleach blonde hair. A size zero or like a four 
like you might as well forget about being attractive because it's not. Have a home life that is toxic, unstable, unhealthy, mixed with society standards that are unrealistic and you look nothing like, it creates a recipe for disaster. And that is when I think really my food addiction uh, started to kick in, my binge eating disorder, my emotional eating, because I did my best to suppress my emotions of what was happening in my home life with food and as well as what was happening at school. Um, I was suppressing my emotions with food as well. And I started to eat where I was just super uncomfortable every single time. I was not taking breaks in between bites. I was trying to shove as much food as I could into my mouth. Um, and I just wanted to just to not feel anything. I wanted to not feel sad or depressed or, you know, even being happy. Being happy was very uncomfortable for me just because I was so used to being upset, stressed, sad, etc. at home. I had tried Weight Watchers. I remember begging my mom to let me try the Nutrisystem at that point. Oh my God, the food was so horrible. Uh, the Nutrisystem, just because, you know, when it came to nutrition and food being available in the house that was nutritious, it was pretty much non-existent. And so I tried those. I tried the South Beach diet, the Mediterranean diet, because uh, I know the South Beach diet was very huge uh, back in, I think, junior high, high school days. And again, my binge eating disorder would just get in the way. It, I would be fine for a couple days and then something would trigger me um, if it was a fight at home or if something happened at school and I would just be a downward, downward spot. I cannot talk downward spiral. There we go. Downward spiral. Uh, oh my God, I can't talk. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, you get what I'm saying. But it just always, always came back and I can never, ever lose the weight that I wanted to lose or that I needed to lose. When I graduated high school, I was for sure like 184 pounds, which nowadays seems like that's kind of the new normal. But back then that was considered being very overweight and unhealthy. And I will say this, I was also very active growing up. I played soccer growing up. And when I got into high school, um, I did cheerleading. And so I did weightlifting along with that. And I was very, very active, um, but still 184 pounds was kind of like today's standards of someone being obese. To my college years, I was so excited to get away from home and to move away and just be with friends and kind of start a fresh life, if you will. And at that time, I did have a boyfriend going away to school and I experienced my first heartbreak. Um, and so going through that whole process, for sure, fired my binge eating disorder because I did not know how to deal with my emotions uh, when it came to that. And my sophomore and junior year of college, I got into a very bad relationship where the other individual was extremely uh, emotionally and mentally abusive and physically abusive. And he kind of taught me that the number on the scale does matter. And that is my worth. He was a guy that used to work out all the time. He would always try to build muscle because he was more of a smaller guy. And I remember at one point he said, well, you know, maybe we should like make it a goal for you to, you know, whenever you lose 10 pounds, then we can kiss. Like, let's not kiss until you lose 10 pounds. And I immediately was just like, what the hell is going on? 
love is blind and you want to do everything that you can for that person. And so you kind of just brush it off of, oh, he really didn't mean that. And I was able to wedge my back in uh, without losing weight, but it really kind of took a toll, uh, took a toll on me. And something that I'm, I'm about to share is very vulnerable, but I think it was a pivotal moment of, again, just a downward spiral of turning to food, suppressing my emotions, and just feeling not worthy. And one night we were being intimate, and he just turned to me, and he's like, I'm just so frustrated. I'm like, what's going on? And he's like, I just, I can't see it past all of this. And he met my stomach. Mind you, I was at, at that point, probably like 190 pounds. So 110 pounds lighter than I am currently. And it just tore me down and it made me feel like, wow, if I am this weight, no one's going to love me. And again, that relationship was just horrible and I should have gotten out a lot sooner before it turned to be physical. Um, but that relationship really kind of molded me into thinking that I'm never going to be loved. No guy is ever going to love me for who I am or for the weight that I'm going, like that I'm currently at. And so, um, it really took, took a toll on me. And thankfully I walked away from that relationship and, uh, met my current husband. So, I say my current husband, he's my only husband, but I met my husband at that time, right after that relationship. I met my knight in shining armor, which is my husband, John. And so he has loved me unconditionally at no matter what size I have been throughout our entire relationship. And he really is the one that told me, he's like, I don't care what you look like. I don't care what weight you are. You are beautiful to me. And it was very hard. And it still is very hard for me to trust that just because of my past experiences. And so, um, I am learning. Yes, it's been 12 years, but I'm still learning. Uh, but we have had during that time, our ups, um, I've had my downs. We welcomed two beautiful children in that time frame, And, uh, we have unfortunately lost my dad in 2019 due to his complications with diabetes. And so, um, Late 2019, early 2020, I completed my first 75 hard challenge and it was very sentimental because I remember one night I had been thinking about doing the challenge and it was, I was laying in bed one night and I was like, I wonder what, you know, 75 days from this Monday is going to be. And my dad had just passed and I looked and it was going to be February 15th and that is my dad's birthday. So I took it as a sign that I need to do this challenge and, you know, he's going to be with me every step of the way and I was able to complete it. But just like with any program, any diet, anything that I try to do, I gained that weight back plus some. I'm not going to say some. I gained back a lot. And then the pandemic happened. (laughs) And so my body was in a fight or flight response for so long and was so stressed out that I gained, I think, overall a total like 100 pounds in a year. And it was not ideal by any means. And so this past year, I have tried to see what was going to work best for me to gain the weight off. I tried to go to a nutritionist at my uh, doctor's office And it was a type of appointment that it 
felt kind of salesy to me in a sense. They wanted me to do the the shakes. I think it's like OptiFast or something, which I remember my dad doing because my dad growing up, he would always try to do um, like medical shakes to help with his weight loss because my mom and my dad, they both struggled with weight. They both had type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, it was just very, very... Um, eye-opening growing up as a child to watch your parents go through all that. And they both had open heart by, uh, bypass surgeries as well. So um, getting back to, you know, me wanting to take charge of my health, it was very difficult because it seemed like no matter what I needed and what I was trying to ask for, I couldn't get. And so I did try medications. Um, I'm on Wilbutrin for depression and anxiety but I've tried Lexapro, Contre, Vyvanse, um, and nothing seemed to really work. And I even asked my doctor about, you know, do I have PCOS or insulin resistance? Or, you know, what about injectables for weight loss? Because I had just started doing my research. And she was very kind of like, oh, well, we can try other things first. Kind of, um, you know, wanted me to, to kind of wait. And so I was on TikTok one day. And I found Dr. Spencer and he mentioned sequence and, um, he was talking about Manjaro that it was like this new medication that was approved for type two diabetes, but they were off label prescribing it for, um, weight loss for obesity. And I was like, man, like, I wonder, you know, what this is all about. And he's like, go to sequence to check it out. So I legit like ran first to the Manjaro's website to like research it, see what it's all about. And then I ran to Sequence to sign up and make an appointment. So Sequence is a telehealth provider that specializes in obesity treatments, uh, weight loss programs, et cetera. They're, they're fantastic. And um, so I made a consultation and I talked to the doctor about my binge eating disorder, my food addiction, what I have tried in the past. And I am not someone who is diabetic or pre-diabetic, but at that point, my BMI was over 55. And it scares me because I actually know of a coworker that I used to work with. He was 38 years old and he passed away in his sleep because of his weight. And it scared me half to death because I have two young kids and I don't want to fall asleep and never wake up because I didn't take charge of my health. And so I was able to talk to the nurse practitioner on there and she said, hey, Manjaro seems like it would be a great fit for you. Let's give it a try. And that was the first day of my new life. And I started my journey on July 22nd. I took my first injection. And at that point, I was 332.4 pounds. And I am now 11, almost 11 and a half weeks in. And I've lost 33.4 pounds. And I have never been able to lose weight without having to kill myself in the gym and restrict myself. And even then, I would just completely fail after a couple of days and start to regain that weight back. And so when it came to weight loss medication and, you know, starting to document my journey, especially on TikTok, I quickly realized how taboo weight loss medication is still and how there's so many doctors out there that don't want to prescribe it if that person doesn't have type 2 diabetes or maybe they're just not educated enough as far as um, you know having people have success with weight loss using a type 2 di uh, diabetic medication and so that is what 
really prompted me to be an advocate for those and be a voice for those who are frustrated that they can't get the help that they need from their doctors and to show them that there are other alternatives. And what I'll do is I'll make sure also in the description of this podcast to put a sequence in there in case you want to take a look at them. I am a partner with them now. And so you can definitely go on there, check them out, see if they would be a good fit for you. Um, And you can also reach out to myself uh, with any questions that you have. But this journey has been a long time coming. And it's great to finally be able to breathe and know that there's something out there that works for me. And it's working for thousands of other people. And so that is a little bit about myself. That is a background of who I am, just a very high level. And so I hope that you found this, um, you know, great. I hope that this allows you to get to know me better as a person and who I am and my background and how I got got here. And so uh, as always, like if you have any questions, please let me know. And I think the most important thing that I want to let you know is that you're not alone in this. I know that you may feel like you're alone, that no one understands what you're going through. Trust me, there are hundreds and thousands and probably millions of people that feel the exact same that you do and just know that there is hope. And so definitely reach out to myself. You can also reach out to Chris as well. Um, But I hope you guys have a great day and love this podcast you go. I want to ask for a favor. If you can just go ahead and subscribe to this channel, to this podcast, make sure you click on the little bell for the notifications. Also, if you want to give a five-star review on the podcast, letting us know how well we're doing or what you want to see next, you can also email waitingforitpodcast at gmail.com for any topics that you want us to cover, maybe any special guests that you want us to bring on. Uh, but we really want to listen to you and want to know what you would like to see on this podcast. So I hope you have a fantastic day, a great week. And just keep being the amazing person that you are doing and keep pushing forward. So I love you all and I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye.